ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. I'm your host, Janice Porter, and my guest today is Jennifer Tamborski. First of all, welcome, Jennifer, to the podcast. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Jennifer comes to us from St. Louis, Missouri, and I want to tell you a little bit about her before we dig in. Jennifer is a digital marketing strategist and CEO of a company called Virtual Marketing Experts. She loves teaching business owners the skills and strategies they need to create, build, and grow profitable online businesses. Jennifer and her team of experts work with six and seven figure coaches, consultants, and online course creators to grow their businesses, remove marketing overwhelm, increase their revenue, and scale their impact. Welcome again. And who wouldn't want to do those three things, right? Grow your business, remove your overwhelm with all the marketing, and increase your revenue at the same time scaling your business. Whew, I'm like, all of those things. I'm ready for, but it is overwhelming. So I did lean in and I'm going to, you know, be honest and upfront here. We haven't worked together yet, but we're going to, and um, pretty soon. Now you say on your website, we'll introduce you to your perfect clients through successful relationship-based marketing campaigns. I love that because I'm all all about relationships. So talk to me about that. What do you mean by, by that? So I have a theory when it comes to marketing that marketing is a lot like dating. Like if we break it down into the basic of it and you look at it from a concept, everyone can understand. Almost everyone has dated before. So it goes through phases. I like to call it, we do the introduction phase. For me, that's more about, less about introducing yourself to your ideal client. It's absolutely that, but it's more about figuring out who that is. Um, And then we go into what I call the flirting phase, which is getting your message out there, just kind of letting people know who you are. We had, we enter the dating phase. That's the automated funnel, right? Where people give you their, their email and you start to create that relationship with them, right? You start to interact with them. You can do it definitely organically, and there's a way to do it that's authentic and relationship building in an automated fashion. It then moves into the commitment phase, which is when people give you money, right? That's what, as business owners, that's what we're all looking for. And then I also like to coach my clients um, through what I call keeping the romance alive, because I think sometimes that's where those relationships break down and fall apart. It's that end, once they become a client, how do you keep them involved? How do you keep that relationship so that they become raving fans and they come back and buy everything you sell or refer everyone they know to you? Yes, I'm nodding my head. That's exactly a great comparison taking because I always say when I'm talking about building um, relationships through LinkedIn, I'm always saying like, you wouldn't, you know, go for coffee and then 
ask someone to marry you right away. Right. I mean, that's, the, that's not the norm, you know? No. So you have to respect the, the time frame, the building, the um, uh, getting more comfortable with each other and so on as you move forward. So that's a great comparison. Now, you said something, though, about uh, the email um, uh, campaigns mm -hmm. engaging and building the relationship. And this is where I have trouble. And because I'm all about talking to people mm -hmm. and about building relationship through conversation, I get stuck with the content side of things and even the email piece where how is that getting engagement when you're just sending it one way? How is that doing that? Well, a couple of things. First, most not every email that you send out is going to have a call to action on it. It's just like in your social media posts. Not every some posts are just value giving, right? You give them value. And there are going to be calls to action in some of your emails. That is where you start to build that engagement. Some of that call to action may be follow me on LinkedIn, connect with me on Facebook, reach at me on Instagram that helps to build that engagement right some of them may be actually respond to this email and let me know your thoughts right mm, where you can okay. start another conversation with them on something like that so sometimes someone may know they are struggling with weight but they may not know that there's an option out there that doesn't involve starvation right or excessive exercise or whatever um, and I use this example because I do have clients that that's their their focus. By giving them an other option, right? There's another option out there. There's another way to lose weight that you provide as a coach. It gives them, it starts to build that know, like, and trust with them. It starts mm -hmm. to show them a new way. And in that sequence, you are building that relationship. You're starting, you know, you're warming them up, you're giving them value. And then you start to ask them for interaction, right? Whether that's, you know, join my group, whether that's uh, talk to me, respond to me, or purchase my product, whatever that kind of thing is. Sending out emails, if you do it in a way that people are responding to, can be relationship building. Okay, so it makes me think of when um, when you start when you're talking to someone for you know first couple of times, you know you're peeling back the layers and whatever that they think they know what they need, but they don't necessarily. Exactly. And you have to turn that into what they really need what they really need right so yeah. you have to bring them around um it's so true so you do a lot of uh work with your clients to get them well I'm, I'm assuming there's a wide range of things you do but i know one of your specialties is paid ads right yes. on facebook and linkedin i think correct and do you do google ads as well or is it we don't really do much google so just for for your uh audience in Google is for people who are searching for you, right? So I like to correlate, and this is going to make me sound old to some people, but I like to correlate. I like to correlate Google to kind of like the yellow pages, right? People who are looking for you. Yes. Facebook and LinkedIn are more like sitting in front of your TV before Netflix, and the ad for McDonald's pops up, and you're like, "Ooh, I'm hungry. I'm gonna go get McDonald's." That's you're introducing that it's called interruption marketing. You're interrupting their thought train and introducing 
whatever their problem is to them. And it just gets to smack them in the face. 1-800 operators standing by. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. So do you ever get clients that you think they think this is an example of what I was just talking about, that they think they want to throw money at Facebook ads. And I I say it that way because I feel like I threw money at them once and didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And yeah. it wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right time in my business to do it. So how do you advise people around that? So a couple of things, you have to have certain things set up in order to run ads. Now, as a funnel specialist, as well as an ad specialist, if you don't have a funnel, I can help you build one, but you have to have a funnel of some kind in order to run ads. Otherwise, there's no point because like all you're go, doing, right? Exactly. Yeah. They don't have a place to go. You send them to your homepage of your website. There's too many things on there. There's too many options. They don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. So you kind of, you have to have those things in place. That's one. Two, you really need to know your, in, your ideal client. You need to know them inside and out. Like what, what message do they need to hear in order to be ready to buy from you? Um, that is essential and key before, even before you build your lead magnet, you really need to know who your ideal client is. Um, and then you also need to have the investment, right? Facebook ads, LinkedIn ads, they're all an investment into, into bringing in those leads, right? So expect to spend somewhere in the neighborhood of $1,500 and up for ad spend. That's pretty much average. And honestly, sometimes on the low end, depending on who your competition is. Um, so there is an expectation of, am I ready to invest this? Usually mm -hmm. I tend to tell people, although there's not necessarily a monetary amount because some people have the investment ahead of time. Mm -hmm. um, I usually suggest people are close to six figures before they look at investing okay, that's into good ads yeah um so you did say and this is something i struggle with all the time it's really important that you know your ideal client mm -hmm. i tend to i have trouble with that every time i go to do an avatar or to write out somebody's form that you know to help me do that um i get stuck and i get stuck because my clients are all over the map and it's not so much that they are male or female or their startup or um, I, I know that they generally work for themselves. They have their own business or they're an entrepreneur. They're a home-based business. They're not usually, um, you know, a, uh, a small to medium-sized business mm -hmm. owner or employee. They're more, you know, standalone. But I, I tend to feel like I'm getting pigeonholed when I do that. So how do you so help someone like me? Yeah. So here's a couple of things. One, you're focusing a lot on the demographics, right? Demographics are important, right? Knowing whether you prefer to work with men or women, or if you like working with both, that, that is important. But what really matters are the psychographics. What ah. are they thinking? What are they ah. feeling? What are they struggling with? Those okay. are the important key factors because that's what helps you build your message. And when you speak to one person, 
other people are listening. So you'll get those other people, right? Like I have ads running right now. I speak directly to coaches. Like that's who I work with primarily. I can't tell you the number of um, discovery calls I've had in the last two weeks that are e-commerce. And they, they heard the message and the message spoke to them, even though I was like, coaches, right? <laughs> that's in the text. Um, so if they hear your psychographics and they're, and that's what connects with them, that's what's going to bring them over to you, regardless of what their demographics are. Oh my goodness. You just got like, that was a huge aha for me because, um, I felt like I was being pigeonholed so much when I had to try and do that, but it's really about honing in on the problems you solve and yes. and understanding those problems that people have that yeah. you can solve yeah. and being able to communicate it to them right yes exactly and when you're running ads you can test right you can run it to let's say 35 to 65 year old men 35 to 60 year old 65 year old women see which ones of them respond better and then you can just start honing in farther and farther into that that area. So that's the nice thing about ads is that because you can you can get that target market honed in, you're also able to move through that, right? You're able to test it, you're able to see what the what the responses are to that and and the data will tell you really who it is that you work who it is that follows you and connects with you best. Okay, so <clears throat> that being said, though, I still I find that really and I guess it's because I'm not ready for it yet. Probably I still um, I haven't been able, you know, I'm not there yet where I want to scale to the level that I can, um, number one, put that much time and money and effort into mm -hmm. that, and number, you know, but but it's important, I think, to learn from the clients that you've had and maybe yes. do the do the um the data on that so that helps yeah i mean yeah. the best thing to do is ask your clients right ask yeah. your current clients ask your previous clients doing case studies helps a lot because you can literally ask them what were you struggling with when you before you came to me what made you decide to work with me like all of those questions so that you really understand where they were before they started working with you that then helps you talk to more people that are in that same position. I like it. That's really good information. That's that's good um, good advice. Um, so you haven't always done this, right? You've done this for how long? How long have you had your business? Um, I have been in business online for about fifteen years. I've been focusing solely on ads and funnels for about three four years. Now, the one thing I noticed on your uh, website also that I've looked at a couple of times is how you, in a sense, automate your business with yes. the, um, what are they called? The templates systems yeah. that you have. Yeah. Tell me, tell my clients or my audience about that. Yeah, I so really good. we have, um, I have templates that I sell for people to build websites with right so they can diy their websites um so they can purchase the templates they have a couple options they can purchase the templates upload them themselves do all of the things on them um and then go about their business or they can purchase them and then have us pay us to do it for them 
So mm -hmm. that is a part of the automation. It also helps with those DIY people that there are people that come to me and they're not quite ready. They don't have a website. They don't have, they don't have all of the things and they don't have the funds to invest. So this right. is a low cost way for people mm -hmm. to get their business started. Okay. Um, what do you, do you mostly find, do your clients find you or do you find them? Most of my clients are either run through Facebook ads or they come from referrals. So yeah, most of my clients find me. Okay, nice way to have it, right? <laughs> um, what's your feeling? Because uh, you know I'm a LinkedIn person. That that's yeah. what I that's where I hang out, and that's what I do. And I know you do some uh, LinkedIn ads as well, but you also uh, are familiar with you know the basics to teach people around that. So, are you finding today there's more people doing LinkedIn, or still a lot more doing Facebook, or is it just totally depends on your audience? I think it's totally depends on your audience, right? Like if you are B two C, if your customers are consumers, you're gonna want to be on Facebook. Um, you're going to find a whole lot more B two C there. Mm -hmm. LinkedIn is more B two B. And I will also say it could be B2C, right? You could find consumers on LinkedIn. LinkedIn does have, tends to have a higher purchase value. People mm -hmm. tend to have a little bit more money on LinkedIn. Where and Facebook, make decisions, right? And yeah. make decisions. Yeah. yeah, and they have tend to have more decision makers on it. So I, it all just really depends on who your audience is. If you're a weight loss coach, and your audience is women and who are, are struggling with their weight, you're gonna have a lot of good response on Facebook. If you are a business coach whose ideal client is an entrepreneur making six figures and up, you're probably gonna have a lot of good responses on LinkedIn. And you could also have some great responses on Facebook too. The thing about Facebook is, is that it's been around, it's still the most popular platform. Even though there's a million others out there, almost everybody is on Facebook from 12 on up. I mean, there are still 12 year olds signing up for Facebook. So like you still have uh, a more ability to reach a wider audience. But you're, um, but the rules have changed. The algorithms have changed. You can't really do anything organically on Facebook as, that is as accurate. well, right? Yeah. It's more yeah, about if you're, Exactly. If you want to do organic, LinkedIn, Instagram, those are going to be the two platforms that you're going to hit more better. Yeah. Instagram, because you can use hashtags, you can hashtag the crud out of things. And people do look for hashtags on Instagram. LinkedIn also uses hashtags now. I'm not sure how much people, you would know better than I would, how much people actually use them. Um, but there is a better organic algorithm running on LinkedIn. Yeah, LinkedIn has uh, changed up a couple of things recently. And I also um, read um, a study that somebody did saying that the, on LinkedIn, it was proven by this, however many thousand, uh, about a thousand um, posts that they tested, um, three hashtags, no more, 
no less. Because you can yeah. always tell the people that come over from Instagram and they've got 47, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Instagram allows 30. You use all yeah, 30. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That much I do know about Instagram. Yeah. And about, I, I remember when I first learned it, it was like, put the dot, 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 dots before you get to it. I don't even know why, but I remember that's what you had to do. But I don't like Instagram. I don't go over there. Um, okay, so you work with a lot of coaches. I know that. How many more coaches can we stand in this world? Everybody's a coach. A million. Like, seriously, I don't really think that there's um, a, a where you have to stop, right? It's the quality, I think, that we need to focus on more than the quantity. It's mm -hmm. like saying, you know, how many more bus drivers can we have? Or how many more doctors can we have? There's lots oh, and no. lots of them. No, I, no, I think it's different. I think it's different. And I think, you know, uh, doctors, I know here, for example, we need a lot more because they're retiring in droves and they're not getting, you know, the new ones doing the same as the older ones did. Um, so that's another whole story. But, um, <laughs> With coaches, though, it's just like I talked to a guy the other day and he calls himself coach, you know, in his in his name. And I'm like, I asked him, you know, why do you call yourself a coach? And he did take some coaching training, but right. not everybody does, right? Not everybody, not everybody does. does. Yes. When you're and, looking for a coach, you really do need to be incredibly aware that it is an unlicensed industry right? Which means anybody can call themselves a coach. So always look at their certifications, ask them, look at testimonials, find out how long they've been in business. Um, it's not to say that somebody, I had a client who was a therapist and she moved into the coaching space, right? She went through coach training, all of that kind of stuff and moved into the coaching space. She has years and years and years of experience as a therapist. She can certainly be a coach, yes. right? Without, without that. So their experience really matters on oh totally yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, one of two ways either they've done something that you haven't done and you want to know how they do it or they've coached enough people and got them to the point where you want to know how they did that like they've you want to get <laughs> to that point yeah it's just it's just really i find it really interesting because i'm very clear that you know i'm a trainer and a mm -hmm. teacher. I'm not yeah. a coach. I mean, my husband's a coach, but he coached basketball for 35 years. You know, that's what, that's what he yeah. is a coach. I watch him with my granddaughter. I watch him nudging her along and yeah. coaxing her and coaching her. I'm like, oh my God, don't do that. Right. You know, my fear gets in the way. <clears throat> and, uh, but I'll teach her how to do something. Right. And, it, we're, it's and he was a teacher too, but it's just the natural thing for it him. It is a coach. different model, right? Because yeah. I actually am NLP trained certified mm. coach, right? Like I have that coaching certification and I still am not a coach. Like for me, I consult with people. I will nudge them along, but I really do the work, right? We do, we either build out your marketing plan or we build out your funnel or we do your ads or whatever it is. I will consult with you and give you my opinions, but I'm not your coach. That's a whole different. You do it, is it like do it with them? I can do it with them. We do it. We generally do. It's a DFY. We do it for you. We can do it with you for, I do have some clients where I provide more of a consulting kind of service where it's mm -hmm. more done with you. 
um, but generally it's done for you. Well, I think that uh, you, I found with you more than anybody else that I've talked to in this realm that you really know what you what you do and how you do it. I really feel that confidence that comes from you. And I wanted you to know that because I, I think Thanks. it's it's really important that people, you know, find the right fit for them. And it, it it's usually the nebulous things that make the difference, right? It so, does. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say so, the same thing for coaches. Make sure if, if you're yeah. looking for a coach, make sure that you have that connection, right? So yeah. You have a coach? I do. I have two. Oh, you do? Okay. Okay. You yeah. have two. I have two. For different yeah. things completely? For different things. Yeah. So I have one coach that helps. She's part of the online world. She's helps people build online businesses. And then I have another coach that's actually built multiple seven figure businesses. So she helps me with like the offline kind of thought processes. So yeah, I have both. Awesome. And you have three kids. So, and you juggle home and work and right. All of that. Yeah. Stuff. yeah. Are your kids, are your kids all in school? They are, they are 15, 16 and 18. So my oldest is leaving actually this Friday to go to college. Um, oh. which don't get me started on that one. <laughs> oh, I get it. Yeah. How and far then, away? The, um, not too far, about six hours. She's going to Chicago. So it's about a six hour drive from here to Chicago. Mm -hmm. So it's far enough. <laughs> yes, I know. I get it. I get it. Um, and the other thing I, I wanted to ask you about was, again, it's personal, but that you love yeah. to read. So do you read mostly uh, fiction or nonfiction or a bit of both. So I don't watch, I don't watch TV. I would okay. rather dive into a book than to watch TV. Okay. So oftentimes my husband will turn on TV, sit next to me and he's watching whatever he's watching and I'm reading a book. So I with, prefer to use with my the vision. sound on beside you. Oh yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness. Okay. I've You're learned so to tunnel my vision really well. <laughs> yeah. So sorry, um, fiction or nonfiction? Fiction generally. But when I'm when I'm not so if I'm in the car, I will listen to nonfiction, right? Mm -hmm. So I'll listen, I like to listen to business development books and mm -hmm. you know, those kind of things. When mm -hmm. I read, I want to read fiction, I want to escape. Do you read the real books, physical books, or on your e-reader? I use, I have a lot of real books, but I tend to read on the e-reader because it gets me the books faster. <laughs> and yeah. when I, when I have the time, I will read a book a day. So. <laughs> wow. Do you yeah. speed read? Um, I don't know if it's necessarily speed reading. I guess I read fast. Do you but... read down the center of the page? No, no. I just read fast. Yep. Yeah. I used to so. do a, that just reminded me, I used to do an exercise in um, a uh, seminar I used to teach back in the day when I was uh, a trainer at the telephone company. And I did a one day uh, seminar with a lot of receptionists and department um, receptionists and things like that. And sometimes they'd come because they were sent there. And sometimes they came because they wanted to be there. But one of the things we talked about we talk about is communication and how we talk way faster than we read or yes. than we write. Right. So we do a little test where they have to read something and the other person times it and, and they say it out loud and whatever. And I think it's what we, 
I can't even remember now, we read at something like 150 words a minute is pretty fast, but we speak at like 400 words a minute, some of yeah. us. And so there's a real discrepancy. I don't know how I got on that topic. <laughs> um, that took me back a long time, but it was fun to do. Um, so what's what are you reading now? What's your favorite book? Um, I well, I, I consume a lot of books. I don't really um, my favorite one of my favorite authors is mm -hmm. Christine Feehan. She's um, she writes multiple genres, but um, she is like a vampire one and then like a um, more they're more sci-fi fiction kind of things. So okay. with with a twist of romance, because seriously, if I'm going to escape, I yeah, why I get not? it. <laughs> why not? Right. Um, so before I come back to that um, business development books, who comes yeah. to mind? Who, who do you what? What's a special book for you? Yeah. So one of the best books that I read when I was first starting, like growing my business was mm -hmm. E-Myth Revisited. Um, it, that was one of my favorite books. Um, and I, somebody just sent it to me, actually. It's a fantastic book really yeah, to, to help get people, um, to that next level of thought mm -hmm. when it comes to business. Mm -hmm. So, okay, cool. yeah. um, oh, do you have a book in you? Do I have, I'm sorry, say that again. Do I have a what? Do you have a book in you? Do you ever no. want to write a book? No. I have no, no desire to write a book. I don't no. either. I think we're an anomaly, right? I'd rather talk, you know. Exactly. I just rather read. Yeah, I I have found even writing my own content for for my podcast, like just writing it out, it just takes me forever. I just have no desire to to try and pull that those words out. You know, it's funny. I used to, you know, I like to write. I, I like to write things down physically. But now if I have to do something like that or, you know, write an intro to something or, or um, for my podcast, I find if I type, yep, actually works better for me now. Yep. I get yeah. inspired. I do it when I'm teaching my LinkedIn clients. I'll do a, a, a notes page and I'm trying to draw stuff out of them. I'll write things down and then stuff comes to me. It's kind of fun, mm -hmm. actually. Yeah. But that's the extent of my writing. And my reading, I've got piles of books. I love buying books, but I never get to them. Never. I, I used to have tubs of books and every time we moved we had to move all of my books there were hundreds of them and I finally after our last when we moved into this house um I finally looked at my house and I'm like we can give them to the library we don't have to move <laughs> that was kind of you um okay last question something I like to ask my uh guests occasionally and it's because my favorite thing, my favorite word is curiosity. And I love being curious. That's why I asked you questions about books. I don't care that that's not your business. I just, I'm curious. Okay. And it's my podcast. So that's why, <laughs> why I wanted to do that. And so my last question is, uh, it's kind of two parts. It's um, what are you curious about? Number one. And number two, do you think that curiosity is innate or learned? Hmm. Good question. What am I curious about? So one of the things, one of the reasons I went through NLP is because I love 
learning how the brain works and how people think and why people do things they do. So I'm always curious about that. Um, and I think that's so super important in my marketing is, is yes. being curious about why my clients buyers buy. Right. So, mm -hmm. so I'm always curious about that. And also I like to try new things, right? Like I'm always curious about what's the newest thing that's going to work. Okay. Um, and I don't know. I think curiosity is innate. I think it's, I think everybody is born curious. Now, whether they squash it or not, that's a different thing. <clears throat> yeah, I hear that a lot. And, and that's a great answer. Thank you. And, and I think the important part of your answer was that the fact that you are curious about what your clients' clients um, think and how they buy and that you like to that then that you're curious about new things means you're on the pulse of what's going on as well and both of those things um speak to you as being a um a good business owner i have to say so thank you so much for being uh with me today on this call and going with my ebbs and flows of conversation and uh to my audience thank you for being here jennifer where can my audience find you i will put it in the show notes i'm guessing they your can, website yep they can find me at virtualmarketingexpert.com or on facebook facebook.com slash virtual marketing experts okay and um if someone's curious about uh, working with you i think i'm you have a quiz on your I do. Um, so I have, I have a quiz. Um, it's actually virtualmarketingexpert.com slash PS quiz. Um, and it's basically the five elements that you need in your business in order to scale it. Okay. So that's something that you might want to check out. Um, and if you liked what you heard today, please leave us a review. We always love that and subscribe so you can catch the next podcast episode as well. And remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.